Now, it's time for 2010 National Sports Writer of the Year, Peter King, from MMQB on the NFL on TuneIn. Peter, always a pleasure. You wrote about being in Minnesota in your Sunday night column. You have witnessed some incredible moments throughout your outstanding career. Where would you rank the miracle in Minnesota? I never saw a game, you know, with so much on the line that ended so dramatically. Um, That was what was so impressive about that the fact that you know New Orleans didn't cover the play well and uh, Minnesota had the right pass route called downfield you know what was very interesting now in retrospect for a couple of days after it you wonder on that side of the field in that coverage against uh, you know uh, against two very good receivers they didn't have a safety you know, back there to protect them. Now they had Marcus Williams, who's a safety, but I'm talking about a deep safety to provide the insurance that they needed. They had two cover guys on that side of the field to cover two wide receivers. You know, if I were Dennis Allen, uh, now looking at it in retrospect, I, I believe that they should have rushed three instead of four and uh, had an extra safety to uh, to provide the kind of insurance that ultimately they really needed to have. I mean, Peter, this may be uh, the most different, lack of better terms, uh, matchups we've seen in a very long time. And I'm talking about more of the quarterbacks. Uh, you have Tom Brady, arguably the best ever, and then three other unnamed, unknown guys. I mean, how do you gauge uh, moving forward throughout the National Football League? On How do you gauge these teams as you move forward with these quarterbacks that are on household names? Well, first of all, Cordell, I think it's this year is an outlier. You know, I've heard people, some people say, see, more important to have defense in a running game than to have a great quarterback. Well, I'll just tell you this. Uh, I didn't hear the Green Bay Packers all the years they had Brett Favre saying, boy, we'd trade Brett Favre for a defense in a running game. I mean, you've got to have a great quarterback to have a chance to be consistently good in the NFL. But I think just as far as these matchups go, I think that all three offensive coordinators in Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Philadelphia, a little bit less in Minnesota because Keenum has made plays all year. And I think, I think if, you, if, you, if you're lining up these quarterbacks, it goes Brady, obviously, far and away number one, and then Keenum, and then you drop down to uh, Foles and, and, and Bortles uh, as, as quarterbacks who I think their offensive coordinators, they won't say it, they won't hint at it, and they'll never say it, but they're going to try to hide in this game. And they're going to try to minimize their impact on the game and basically you know, throw horizontally instead of throwing vertically much downfield. Taking around the league with Peter King of the MMQB. Peter, were you surprised at all to see Mike Malorkey lose the job in Tennessee even though the Titans made it all the way to the divisional round of the playoffs? Surprised only because Amy Adams Strunk had said uh, six or seven days previously that this is our coach going forward. Well, I guess he was their coach going forward for six days. Um, But this was all about the fact that, you know, uh, I think the Titans were very, very skeptical that Mike Malarkey and his offensive staff were going to be able to long-term, you know, put together an offense and put together an offensive plan to make Marcus Mariota successful. I mean, you know, this season he regressed, whether he was 10, 15, 20% worse than he had been, uh, especially his second year in the NFL, but he was definitely worse. 
And, you know, so you ask yourself, what should we do? And I think that that the, the Titans are so, so view Marcus Mariota as their long-term future and want to make sure that they get everything out of them that they just didn't want to take a chance in, uh, in, in, in leaving the current coaching staff intact. If Malarkey was going to stay, I believe he was going to have to accept some changes to his coaching staff. And I think he probably also thought that the offer of a contract extension wasn't really uh, commensurate with uh, what is given as an extension to a guy who just led your team to the playoffs. Peter, you think the Minnesota Vikings offer Case Keenum a, a long-term deal? Yes. But, I, you know, I was there, Cordell, and I get this sense that absolutely they'd like to keep him. But I think if they don't get a deal done before, it, look, let's say that let's say that that, uh, that that Pat Shermer takes the Giants' job, you know, whatever two days after the season ends, whenever that is. Well, then if you're Case Keenum, you say, all right, should I stay in Minnesota, a place that is going to have a new offensive coordinator, and might make material changes to the offense? And also, uh, you know, and not, not really know what the future is going to be. Or should I put myself out on the open market where, at least his agent should know this, where, you know, it's, it's not well known, but it's known in football that John Elway really likes Case Keenum. Uh, and if John Elway offered uh, Brock Osweiler after seven NFL starts, four years, 60 million, uh, I mean, I would think that would be his absolute baseline of an offer to Case Keenum. And so somebody's going to pay Case Keenum, I'd say, $15 million or more per year. Uh, I just don't know who it's going to be. I think it might be Denver, it might be Minnesota, it might be Cleveland. Peter, last one for me. The Rooney Rule has been a significant advance, and other leagues have not been that progressive with that kind of specific directive. But as these coaching positions start to fill up, should the league be concerned that no minority candidates have been hired so far? Great question, Brian. I think that the league is concerned about that, especially because when you look at you know the progress that the league uh, had made in this regard, um, I think that, for instance, the league is going to have to come down hard on the Oakland Raiders. Um, And I've got this idea that I think rather than just say to the Raiders, hey, we're fining you, you know, $300,000 and we're going to dock you a fifth-round draft pick. I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to do something about this. Uh, Instead of of coming down hard on the Raiders, I would say make Mark Davis – pay for 10 coaching fellowships so that for one year in college and pro football uh, that the Oakland Raiders pay for 10 of these fellowships to advance the causes of some of these minority coaches who need a chance. But you're right. I think the NFL is concerned, uh, and I think the NFL deep down really hopes that Steve Wilkes, the Carolina Panthers uh, uh, defensive coordinator, does get one of these jobs. Peter, as always, we appreciate the insights. Look forward to chatting with you again on Thursday on the NFL on TuneIn. Thanks so much, guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.